Good morning and welcome to another episode of CCT Live. This is Cape Cod Times uh, Facebook Live news broadcast every Thursday at 9 a.m. I'm news editor Patrick Cassidy and I'm joined today by Jeff Spillane who covers politics in the town of Barnstable for us and you. Uh, today we'll talk about some stories where those two beats intersect, including what remains the big story uh, for the year, really, the continued response to the killing of Yarmouth Police Sergeant Sean Gannon. We'll also talk about other stories that made the news this week, and then we'll take a brief look ahead at what's coming up. You can look at what we've done previously on our Facebook account and on our all our social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, etc. As always, there's plenty to talk about, so let's get right to it. Um, I'll start today by uh, talking about what is another kind of perennial story this year, um, and that's the uh, problems that have been occurring at the Steamship Authority. And Jeff, you, you take the ferries a lot, right? I do. You go back and I forth to the islands. They're really, and they, they call themselves the lifeline to the islands, really, and to the Cape and Islands. That connection is really right. important to a lot of people people who work, people who are vacationing. Um, this is not high season for vacationers. But uh, starting in March, we started to see some problems with the Woods Hole and the Martha's Vineyard uh, ferries. Those are two ferries uh, aptly named. They go between Woods Hole and Martha's Vineyard, both of them. And there were some mechanical issues that came up. They have since been fixed. Uh, during that time, they were also trying to bring back the island home, I believe, and uh, they had some problems doing that. So there was a meeting uh, on Monday, and our reporter, Sean uh, Driscoll, attended uh, on the island, and it was held on the island specifically so islanders could talk about their frustrations or talk about their issues with this type of thing. And a lot of these people expanded this beyond just the mechanical issues. They, 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 they took a look back, um, and they talked about uh, concerns they had with just gen I think somebody was talking about a, the March storm and not getting communication uh, as far as when a ferry was going to be there. Um, and, and again, you've, you've been on these ferries, Jeff, how, how important is this to the islands in terms of getting oh, back? It, it, it's critical. Not, it's, it's not only an inconvenience for people who are trying to get off island or get on island. We also have to think about getting essential items over to the islands, such as, well, their food, gas, well, gasoline will come on a, a barge likely, but just the everyday essentials of life. I mean, it really disrupts, um, island residents. Absolutely. And the, uh, steamship authority is the, uh, in charge of basically ferries going back and forth to the island. It's a mm -hmm. uh, quasi-public agency is how they put it, I think. It is, it is. And there are private uh, operators um, that have more trips during the summer. The, I know the Highline goes to Nantucket year-round, but the Vineyard does have Highline service and Island Queen service in the summer. So it really is the only game in town for nine months out of the year. Absolutely. And so during this meeting, uh, Steamship Authority officials, this was a meeting of their board, uh, the officials once again apologized for the problems, and they said they're looking uh, to for an outside review on some matters, um, one board member, Mark Hanover, who represents Martha's Vineyard, uh, wanted to go a step further and was pushing for an independent review of the ferry lines operations uh, that could uh, happen before the start of the summer season. He called the three weeks where these problems were occurring uh, pure hell. Mm -hmm. um, and so looking ahead, the board ultimately didn't go in that direction. They gave the management about two weeks to come up uh, with a plan for these internal reviews that they'll be pursuing. Uh, and, and where kind of an outside mm -hmm. consultant might be appropriate. So we'll learn a lot more. Again, people came out to this meeting, and they, they weren't they happy did. about a lot of they things. They weren't happy. Um, and we also have to remember, too, that prior to this three-week streak of mechanical issues, it was less than a year ago that we had the INO, 
the fast ferry between Hyannis and Nantucket had that horrible accident in the breakwater. Yeah, I think it was June of it last June. year. It came in and ran into the breakwater right. here in Hyannis. Tough um, year. Really was a difficult year for the Steamship Authority. And they were still recovering from that, as you said. Uh, mm -hmm. And then they had these problems. They so did. people really used it as an opportunity to vent their frustrations. There's a lot more on mm -hmm. that story uh, in what Sean wrote. Um, another story having to do with visitors, having to do with transportation, uh, has to do with a rest area on Route 6. And Jeff, you reported on this story this week. What happened here? What can you tell us? And what is this rest area all about? I did. This is the rest area on Route 6, Mid Cape Highway, eastbound. It's between exit 6 and 7. For those of you that may be familiar with this rest area, um, it's run down and uh, is in need of a, of a facelift at least. Um, for the past several years, it has been operated by Barnstable County, which leases the rest area from the Mass Department of Transportation. It's become a financial burden for the company, which is already uh, suffering from financial issues. It's been costing them about $40,000 a year yeah. for maintaining the rest area, primarily cleaning the bathroom facilities, which the county will tell you is really not the line of business we're in. So there has been a discussion over the course of the past year or so. Perhaps we should enter into a public-private partnership for operation of this rest area. Very similar to what we see in other states. New Hampshire comes to mind. Yes. Uh, where they have these really nice rest areas. There may be a coffee shop, a convenience store in there, and some clean facilities. The issue has become whether or not they could even do this because Route 6 was built with federal highway uh, administration funds. Yeah. So it was, well, can we even do this? It might be subject to federal regulations. Yes. To get around uh, that and find out whether or not that was true, the, 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 our local delegation here on the Cape, led by our senators and state representatives, sent a letter to the federal delegation, mm -hmm. Senators Warren Markey, Congressman Keating, to say, hey, can you help us out here? Uh, Senator Warren got in touch with the Federal Highway Administration, who got back to her last week, and said, hey, you know what? Um, Route 6 is not part of the inter interstate highway system. Interesting, yeah. So it's, it's not really our decision. It's up to our local office in Cambridge, um, which was taken as a green light to move forward with this. And it was an interesting back and forth. You got it a hold was. of these letters, and you don't usually see this this uh, clear a paper trail mm -hmm. in terms of the request going up right. towards the federal government or going to the delegation, uh, the federal delegation for the, for the Cape Cod, for the state of Massachusetts, and then going to the department, the Federal Highway Administration, as you mentioned, and then the response coming back from them, which, again, as you said, wasn't exactly a you can do it, but it was you can move forward right. with exploring this, exactly. and we really don't have uh, the uh, authority to say no at the top mm -hmm. level. That's something that's taken care of closer to the to the ground a little bit. Exactly, and the plan is now, Patrick, to have a meeting with Massachusetts Department of Transportation, as well as some of our officials here on the Cape. Uh, in June, the goal is to possibly have an RFP ready by the fall, early winter, and maybe a new uh, facility at the rest area by next summer. One of my sources tells me, Patrick, that MassDOT is quite happy about this development. Okay. It's not a priority for the state in this day and age um, to spend a lot of time or money on uh, rest areas. Yes, I think that's true. And I think uh, I think uh, Julian Sear, uh, the, the senator, state senator from, uh, from our area, had kind of said, uh, we're not known in Massachusetts mm. for our hospitality and amenities. We provide uh, drivers. He called it pathetic. He stressed the word which pathetic. Was, which was pretty interesting. So <laughs> a lot of people know this rest area. It's, again, if people don't remember, you'll mm. often see Memorial Day, I think, the signs from the 
Boy Scouts who will be out there with coffee. Mm -hmm. So in the future, again, not to to preempt anything, but, you know, we're talking... Maybe a Dunkin' Donuts, maybe, maybe a McDonald's, maybe some other sort of uh, right. facility there, and they, they'd have to maintain the. But the no gas, facility. though, because they do not want to fool around with any environmental issues. Yes. They get this done really quickly. Interesting. Um, another story in this week's paper by reporter uh, Kristen Young, uh, and this is uh, something that's actually one of one of these dedications for a couple of bridges on uh, Cape Cod are going to be. Ha- it's going to be happening Saturday at four o'clock um, at four p.m. Um, there are two dedications coming up, both in, in Yarmouth. One for the pedestrian bridge uh, and bike bridge across the Bass River. This is kind of the rail trail. Uh, to me, this location, which they've been looking at for a long time, there used to be a, a railroad that went across it, um, and people will uh, remember it as being, you know, an, an area where it's pretty scenic as you go by, and the Bass River goes on one side. I think it's Fallen's Pond on the other side. Um, so they're going to be uh, dedicating that bridge in the uh, future to Georgia Lair. Uh, it's going to be the Georgia Lair Memorial Bridge. He was the longtime uh, Yarmouth Department of Public Works uh, director. Uh, I used to cover Dennis in Yarmouth and, and uh, spoke often to Georgia Lair. He was kind of, you know, your, your classic public works guy. He was out there trying to do things. But one of the things he really latched on to was uh, the extension of the rail trail, uh, which g- covers a lot of the Cape, but there are, there are sections that it still doesn't cover. I've ridden my bicycle from Harwich to downtown Hyannis. And there's uh, areas where you're going through neighborhoods and there's traffic and you're not on a, a separate trail. So this is a opportunity to uh, make that connection a little safer and, and obviously in this particular location more scenic. I, I like to look at that and think you know, the Chamber of Commerce must love this because you're driving on Route 6. And if you look over, there's now this bridge that's in place. And you can imagine bicyclists going by and people coming onto the Cape and saying, well, this is a beautiful place. I think I'll go for a bike ride and probably spend some money and mm-hmm. etc. So it's a it's a bridge that's going to be dedicated to uh, Georgia Lair. He died in uh, 2014, I believe, um, but had been really the person behind uh, pushing that effort. The other bridge that's being dedicated, this one is happening uh, this Saturday, as I said, is a bridge that's going to be dedicated to uh, William uh, uh, Will Donovan Jr., as a lot of people know him, but he was a Lance Corporal. Um, and he uh, was a Dennis Yarmouth Regional High School uh, graduate. Uh, he had uh, served as a Marine, um, and he was killed in a motorcycle crash in 2015. And a lot of people knew uh, Will. He was somebody who had been in our offices, and we had uh, done stories w- with and about, and, and people uh, knew him in the community. Uh, he had actually joined the Marines because a good friend of him, his, uh, Nicholas Ixaros, uh, the son of Deputy Chief Ixaros in Yarmouth, uh, had been killed in in uh, Afghanistan, and so he uh, had kind of joined the Marines after that happened, uh, and had come back. He had earned two Purple Hearts um, for for getting wounded uh, uh, during his service, um, and had come back. and And I think his father, in the story that Kristen Young kind of uh, said, you know, we thought we were lucky. He had made it back, mm-hmm. and and while he had some uh, issues, had a brain injury, and was struggled with some nightmares after he came back. He found this sense of community, especially with motorcycle riders, and and, uh, uh, became a part of uh, the Massachusetts Fallen Heroes Memorial Riders. He rode with them. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, this guy who had gone to war had come back and was really uh, part of the community, and everybody uh, seemed to think he was somebody who you could look at as an example of of what somebody 
could do in terms of service and unfortunately again died in this motorcycle accident and now he'll be honored the the other overpass interestingly in Yarmouth mm -hmm. is dedicated to Nick Exaros right. so uh, as uh, Donovan's father said you know the two only two overpasses over Route 6 in Yarmouth both will be DY graduates mm -hmm. in 2006 and so it's really going to be a, an interesting story it certainly is so um, and we'll look uh, go uh, forward now with uh, again the story that we've been following again a Yarmouth connection uh, here. Um, it was uh, um, uh, April twelfth, I believe, that uh, Yarmouth Police Sergeant mm -hmm. who was uh, promoted to Sergeant Post, today. posthumously, uh, Sean Gannon was killed, uh, shot in a Marston's Mills home. And you had a story this week about some of the continued response to that and this at the state level. That's right. You know, the, the story, as you mentioned, Patrick, is going to dominate our headlines for quite a while. And uh, during the past two weeks uh, after the murder of Sergeant Gannon, there was one question that many people asked, and we heard over and over and over again, why was the accused killer not in jail, given that he had about 125, possibly more, criminal charges against him? Well, you know, that question's been asked a lot. Now the Cape's legislative delegation is asking the same question. And on Monday, the eight legislators from Cape Cod, that includes our two state senators and six state representatives, united to send a letter uh, to Boston. They sent it to the state's Joint Committee on the Judiciary, Judiciary, as well as the Joint Committee on Public Safety and Homeland Security. They want an oversight meeting uh, as soon as possible, this meeting to be held to identify any lapses in the state's criminal justice system that led to um, this gentleman being uh, out, out and about and not uh, and avoiding prison time. Mm -hmm. They want to know why was there a combination of not guilty findings, failure of key witnesses to testify against him, and what they are saying is outright dismissal of many of these charges. Mm -hmm. um, they would like this hearing to occur before the end of the legislative uh, session, which ends on July 31st. Um, they are in the midst of the budget negotiations right now, but Senator Sear, Representative Whalen, have both said we want to see this as soon as possible, perhaps in June, to see this happen um, and, and really find out what went wrong here. They, uh, The delegation wants to be involved in this hearing, and they've also invited several other uh, people throughout the state to be invited. Of course, this would be up to the committees. Um, and some of those people include the Chief Justice of the Trial Court, um, uh, Cape and Island District Attorney Michael O'Keefe, the uh, uh, Yarmouth Police Chief uh, Frank Fredrickson, the Somerville Police Chief. Uh, that That's where he lived. This um, is uh, the accused Thomas Latana. That, that's uh, right, that's right. As well as the head of the state's parole board and probation commission. Yeah, it's really a wide range of people that they want to have before mm -hmm. them. And, and you mentioned Cape and Islands District Attorney Michael Keefe, Middlesex County District Attorney. And Mary again, Ryan. That, yeah, that Somerville right. connection. Um, so they're really trying to uh, cast a wide net and bring mm -hmm. in as many people as possible. And with 125 charges, you know, there's uh, voluminous paperwork on, on all these cases. And uh, it's something that everybody is looking through and trying to find um, the, you know, the, the one thing. And a lot of people you know, have been pointing fingers in different directions. I think this effort is something where, and I think it was 
uh, Representative Tim Whalen, who you mentioned, who who represents is from Brewster, represents uh, Yarmouth, um, said that he wanted it to take an analytical approach mm -hmm. uh, to hopefully come up with a solution. Um, and he talked about how the system is broken. So he was looking at it from a systemic uh, standpoint. That's right. And he said something I think will resonate with many many of our, our viewers today. That you know, right now our our first thing we want to do is rail against the system and and he didn't disagree with that he said but we need to take a, a serious look at this and kind of regain our composure a little bit yeah and again it's it, it mm -hmm. is certainly emotional uh and and that's completely understandable in in the wake of this um but this is where uh kind of the rubber meets the road in terms of mm -hmm. policy changes law changes all that sort of stuff um, it seems like this was something where the legislators thought that they could act. Exactly. And there was one uh, one piece of that letter that really stuck out, uh, to me at least, um, with the with the eight legislators sending this letter up. And they said, now that we've laid Sergeant Gannon to rest, we seek to turn our region's grief toward action. Yeah. And uh, while they, they certainly thought about this earlier, they waited until this week to and, come out with this letter. And obviously the goal would be for uh, something similar not to happen again. That's right. Um, and, and again, there's, you know, all along the line from when uh, this person was first charged with his first crime mm -hmm. uh, to when he was taken out of the house after sh uh, allegedly shooting uh, mm -hmm. Sergeant Gannon. Um, they're going to be looking at all of that. Um, and so will we. So please uh, stay with us, CapeCodTimes.com, for all the stories as they come out on, on that issue and all is all these issues. Uh, we'll be looking ahead right now. We're going to have a story coming up from uh, uh, in the next couple of days' papers from uh, reporter Doug Frazier, uh, and it's going to look at some research uh, that was done, at least partially, by the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution down there in Falmouth in, in Woods Hole, um, and they were looking at how marine mammals, even marine mammals, get the bends, if you will, and, and how that is something that uh, could be problematic for them, uh, but they've kind of adjusted and they've adapted as animals will, um, and then they're looking at how some kind of outside stressors such as seismic tests and sonar, which there's been a lot of debate over uh, the Navy's use of that, um, and especially with uh, some potential for offshore drilling uh, from the Trump administration making moves in that direction, concerns about that. So we'll have that story in the next couple of days. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Jeff, for being Thank here. Appreciate welcome. it. Uh, tell your friends, share the link, and uh, please join us next week uh, for another episode of CCT Live. All our emails, contact information are on our website, capecodtimes.com, uh, where, where news starts on Cape Cod. Uh, until next week, uh, good morning and good luck.